I preached a message on the fear of the Lord some time back. It was probably, I want to say around 2015. I was thinking about the fear of the Lord in relation to Joshua, which was something we had talked about. I think in the book of Deuteronomy, the the fear of the Lord is talked about over 15 times. Remember last week, we talked about being strong and courageous. Rakazak. Joshua feared the Lord and he was he posed the question to Israel in Joshua chapter 24 and it stuck in between two of his most famous words that he talks about. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Joshua chapter 24 verse 14. Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all your faith, with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors, worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now, it's interesting to me that in the midst of this, this, this scripture is tucked away in between two of the most famous ones that Joshua talks about. He says in verse 13, I gave you land which you had not labored, and cities which you had not built, and you have lived in them. You are eating of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. And then right after that, in verse 15, he says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, most famous words of Joshua, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Tucked in the way in the middle of this is this verse that he talks about now about fearing the Lord. He says, if it seems undesirable for you to fear the Lord, then choose today whom you're going to serve. Choose to fear Him or not. Joshua talks about here in verse 13, things that he had not labored for, things that he had not built. But he says, God has already given them to you. Over 30 years of ministry, few messages I have heard on the fear of the Lord. See, we have moved away from His true and perfect attributes as described in the Word of God, and gave Jesus and God a makeover. We want everyone to like Him. Can you imagine Jesus needing a makeover from man? (laughs) So you would have to apologize for all these actions. In fact, there's times where we see things in the Word of God and we're like, oh my goodness, Lord, this is is almost too too much for, for people to bear. And so we almost have this attitude of apologizing for God because of... We see that that God is doing things outside of our scope or what we would do. And instead of proclaiming the full counsel of Scripture, people today are looking for a Bible buffet where they can load up on chocolate cake and milkshakes while quickly stepping aside from the peas, the carrots, and the salad. People want a God of their own design, as the Israelites did when the Moses was meeting with a fearful God on the top of Mount Sinai. They were fashioning a God of gold. Today, it's nearly impossible to find a church that preaches the cutting hardcore truths of Scripture that break us out of prison and into freedom. If you want to hear how good God is and little else, I'm sure that there are churches across this nation that will fit that bill. It's stunning to me how many today are renouncing whatsoever the fear of the Lord. In fact, His love shines brighter when we realize how fearful... He truly is. It's not simply, today I say, let me set the record straight. When I talk about fearing the Lord, I am talking about terror. I am talking about being afraid. I am talking about dread. 
All these words, though, do not, are not exclusive of who God is because he still is a God of love. So balanced out in the midst of this, this is the God we serve. In fact, somebody was telling me this week, would you rather have a God that you can manipulate, that you would always calculate, that he would do things exactly like you want, or would you rather have a God who's outside the box, who doesn't answer to anyone, doesn't answer to any person? Having no fear of God is the root sin of the evangelical church in our America today. The root cause of its moral flabbiness, its ineffectiveness to witness, and its powerlessness. Jeff Bridges in his book, The The Joy of Fearing God, he says it like this, There was a time when committed Christians were known as God-fearing people. This was a badge of honor, but somewhere along the way we've lost it. Now the idea of fearing God, if thought at all, seems like a relic from the past. So let me say this, if you look at the Old Testament, and I'm, I'm very careful, even if I'm just writing it in, 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 in passing, that I capitalize God's name. That I want to be careful of how I treat this book. Because this is His very words. Do I leave it and I just do it? Do I not even uh, put things on top of it and, and as though it's nothing? Or do I truly fear God? In fact, in the Old Testament, the, the, the people of Israel wouldn't even say or spell the word Yahweh. They would use this, this abbreviation because they thought it was so holy that they wouldn't even do that. Hallowed be thy name. The fear of God is mentioned over a thousand times in Scripture. Over 300 of them are positive. So I want to go to one of those this morning. Isaiah chapter 33, verse 6. It says, He will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. He will be your security, the Amplified Bible says. He will be your security and your stability in your times. He is that sure foundation. The love of God is foundational, but the fear of God is also a foundation of our salvation. In this verse here, he says it's actually the key. It's actually the key to this foundation. It is the key to this treasure. Translated in other places where he says there, the sure foundation, he says, the Lord is the key to this treasure. There's words that will go along with it. They're translated in other uh, verses. Uh, They're called armory, the storehouse, the treasury. So this morning I want you to understand that, that the fear of the Lord is the key. I see the fear of the Lord this morning as this positive aspect for our lives. The fear of the Lord is one of those things that opens the door to wisdom, to salvation, and to knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key that unlocks us to the treasures of God. You're going to see all through the scriptures today that the fear of the Lord is something very powerful for our lives. Jesus talked about it when he talked about building on a foundation. He said it's important. You don't want to build on a foundation that will crumble, that will rot away. So many of us today, when the storms of life come, we look like these homes. See, we're all good when things are going great. We're the best Christian. We are moving forward. We're doing all things. But the true test of our Christianity is not in the good times, but it's in the tough times. It's when the rains come. It's when the floods begin to move up. How are we going to react when difficulty comes in our life? 
So I offer you this morning, we cannot truly be saved. Listen to me. You cannot truly be saved unless you have a fear of God. Prove that. Okay, let's go to the book of Acts. Well, we all agree this morning that the book of Acts is the first true Christians after Jesus died. And it says in Acts chapter 13, 26, this is Paul. Brethren, sons of Abraham's family and those among you who fear God. To us, the message of this salvation has been sent out. I want you to see who he puts together here. He says, those who fear God and those who are Abraham's seed. He's saying, listen, you are chosen. You're, you're grouped in with the chosen if you fear God. That's what happened. And this message of salvation is to two people here. He says, those who fear God and Abraham's family. This message of salvation has been sent. In fact, if you look in Acts chapter 10, we know the story of Cornelius. Now there was a man named Ces- uh, at Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort, a devout man and a one who feared God with all his household and gave many alms to the Jewish people and prayed to God continually. I offer you this morning that you, if you fear God, Even though you may not be a chosen one of Israel. Here in this time we see that this Greek man, God selected him because of his fear of God and his obedience. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 12, it says, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Those two words there, we would like to think that they are they're just this awe. That's all he meant. This fear meant awe. But the two words there are fear is phobos, which is alarm, exceeding fear, terror. It includes reverence and respect. And the other word, trembling, tromos, trembling, quaking with fear. So I offer you this morning that this fear that we're talking about is both that place where we can call Him Abba Father, but we also honor Him in such a way that we actually tremble before Him. Francis Chan talks about this. I know this isn't a a popular way to talk because we we want a more manageable God. We want a God that we can question and and, and tell Him things and explain things to Him. But the truth is, is this is the way God speaks about Himself. And and sometimes in, in our churches, we're almost embarrassed that our God is as powerful as He is and that He speaks so boldly about Himself and tells us to fear Him. But here's the the crazy part about it, is the next verse, right after he says these things, in verse 8, he says, Fear not. He doesn't say, fear me there. He actually switches and says, fear not. And it's, it's almost confusing at first. You go, wait a second. You're telling me who you are, and then, then once I get to this point of fear, you kind of go, but fear not, nor be afraid. Now, now, why would he say that? You see, it's actually a very common theme in Scripture. For, for example, when Isaiah saw God and he's terrified, he goes, ah, you're going to kill me? Then God says, oh, no, 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 Isaiah, it's, it's, it's okay. Um, I'm actually going to send one of my angels. And, and, and an angel takes this coal and he says, you know, Isaiah was saying, gosh, I'm such a sinner. I've said such bad things. And God says, no, watch, this coal is going to touch your lips. 
and I'm going to forgive you of everything. It's um, when John falls over like a dead man and just is terrified, Jesus goes, no, 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 don't be afraid. It's me, Jesus. It's the same thing that he's doing here. And he's saying to them, he goes, look, I am this, this, this is amazing God that you ought to fear. But once you get to that point, he goes, you don't have to fear me. That's what he was saying here. It's, it's, it's difficult for us to understand. But when God's presence comes, there is this overwhelming fear. And that's when God, when we do fear Him, He says, listen, fear not. How is it balanced out between what He told Joshua before that? He said, be strong and courageous. And then, he, then Joshua says in chapter 24, fear the Lord. Because there is this balancing act that God wants us to fear Him, to know He's holy, and to know who He truly is. Paul, speaking to the Corinthian church, he says it like this, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in what? The love of God? No, the fear of God. But I thought it was all about His love. I thought we would walk in holiness because of, because of love, this love He gave us. No, this word here, perfecting, actually means to complete, to accomplish, to finish. So God says, listen, how this works is I will perfect this in you as you fear me. As you come before me, I will perfect that holiness in you as you fear the Lord. 1 Peter Chapter 1, verse 14, he says it like this, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which you were, were in, as you were in ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. If you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on this earth. I thought it was all about His love over and over again. We see this, this parting. We see this parting where He's saying, listen, fear me because I will show you how to live. Walk this life out in fear. In fact, Proverbs says it like this. He says in 16.6, By the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. So actually, fear keeps us from walking in the wrong path. Are you kidding? This morning you're saying, listen, I thought it was all about His love. I thought His love would keep us moving away from evil. Listen, there are two things in the Bible. There are two types of fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 talks about them. There is this spirit of fear that comes upon us. But God tells us that, to, that the love of God overcomes that. To be, we're also told to be strong and courageous. So... In between this, there is this godly fear, this reverence, this awe, this trembling before God. Even Jesus himself talked about it. He was talking about fearing the Lord in Luke chapter 12. He says, I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no, no more that they can do. But I warn you from whom to fear. Fear the one who, after he has killed, has the authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. So Jesus, Paul, Peter, all talk to us about fearing the Lord. So back to our beginning scripture, our text, Isaiah 33, 6. He will be the sure foundation in your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. 
This morning, I wanted us to know that there are three things here. It's salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. I've talked about salvation this morning. I don't believe that we can truly be saved unless we have a fear of the Lord. The second thing is, is the wisdom of God. This is foundational. He says that in our times, he said, this is what we have to, we've talked about. These three things, wisdom here in Psalms chapter 111, 10, he says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commands. His praise endures forever. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom so we can truly be able to comprehend what God's saying. It's repeated in Proverbs 9, 10. It's not a wisdom of the world, but it is a wisdom from God. One of the biggest issues that you see in Scripture is, is this idea of the fear of God. I mean, I mean, the Bible says in Psalm 111, verse 10, he says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And it's not that there aren't a million other things to learn about God, but he says you've got to start with the fear of the Lord because that's the beginning of wisdom. And, and so for me to be wise and begin to understand God, it starts with a healthy understanding of fear. And, and because in the church there was this trend where people were saying, yeah, that fear of God, that, that's kind of old school. You know, this hellfire brimstone. We, we don't really do that anymore. So in church we start going, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't, let's talk about the other areas of God. But if we skip the fear of God, we won't understand the other areas. Uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. James talks about other wisdom. He says in James 3.15, such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. 1 Corinthians 3.19 says, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. So God's saying, listen, I want you to understand that the beginning point, the inception point for you to understand and know who I am and have this wisdom is that you have a fear of me. The second thing is knowledge. In Proverbs 14.26, he says, Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and their children will be a refuge. Let me see if I got the right scripture here. I actually missed one here. We're going to keep moving on. I'm, I'm going to go back just for a second. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 2.5 says, Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain a knowledge of God. I want to offer you guys this morning that this, this thing that we have, maybe we have always tried to recluse ourselves from, this fear of the Lord, is not something that we should run from. It is something we should actually embrace because it is the very thing that brings salvation, it brings wisdom, and it brings knowledge, and it helps us understand who God is. And the other things that fearing the Lord brings is that first part. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and their children will be a refuge. And for their children, it will be a refuge. The second is, is Psalms 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him, and He delivers them. The last one is Psalms chapter 25, verse 14. It says, The Lord confides in those who fear Him, and He makes His covenant known to them. The New American Standard Version says, The secret of the Lord is, for, is those who fear Him, and He will make them known His covenant. I was looking at this and I was thinking Spurgeon said this about this, this word. He said this. 
He calls this word here friendship with the Lord. The Lord's secret here might with greater propriety be translated friendship. The friendship of the Lord is with them that fear Him. So this morning I'm offering to you that friendship with God, in fact, I even came up with this, I said that do you have difficulty comprehending the word of God? Then the fear of the Lord reveals the secrets of God. So for us to truly fear God, it will be open up the Word of God so that we can understand it. We'll be able to see what it really looks like. One of those things is, like I've talked about these four things for the last couple weeks, devouring the Word, radical obedience, diligently seeking, and persistent prayer. So this morning, what does this fear of the Lord look like? It's this. It's not being frightened or afraid of God or scared, which would cause us to withdraw. It is this profound and abiding respect or reverence for God and all things He declares holy. It is assigning the Most High God the highest place of honor in your life. It is that hallowing His name. It is that deeply tremble in awe at the privilege of His presence and the wonder of His word. Those are the three things I want us to take from this morning. I want us to to come away with this and go, listen, I, I have to understand who this God is. He's much bigger than I ever thought He was. It is an internal disposition. It, it's, it, he, the things that He honors, I honor. The things that He loves, I love. The things that He hates, I hate. And His main thing is my main thing. It is submitting to Him. It is an internal dis- disposition which produces fear, dread, or even terror at the very thought of offending God. That's what I want us to take away today. If you take away one thing from this message this morning on fearing the Lord, is this right here. It is an internal disposition which produces fear, dread, or even terror at the thought of offending God. Do we even give that a thought sometimes? Or do we just kind of go through our motions? The next thing is this. It is this temperament that makes it impossible to sin casually, wholeheartedly, or persistently. It is submitting to the will, our will, to embrace His will fully. And I love this last one because it is this purifying effect. It is a cleansing and purifying agent that endures forever. In fact, Psalms, 1, Psalms 19, it says, The fear of the Lord is pure. Other translations say clean. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. So this fear of the Lord that we're talking about this morning is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 11, it says, The Spirit of the Lord will rest on Him. This is talking about Jesus. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and of might. The Spirit of knowledge and a fear of the Lord. And listen, this is what Jesus. This is what they talk about with Jesus. He will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what He sees with His eyes or decide by what He hears with His ears. He will delight in the fear of the Lord. John 9.31 says, We know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does His will, He hears Him. So sometimes we wonder, why isn't God answering my prayer? Do I have a healthy fear of God? Am I obeying His word? If I'm not, then I'm outside of this. He says, He doesn't hear us. God wants, and then the next thing is this, The abundance of God, the abundant things are good things that have stored up for those who fear Him. That you bestow in the sight of all 
on those who take refuge in you. So there's this place where God says, listen, this fear of the Lord that, that you've, you've heard before that maybe was, was this scary thing or maybe this thing we should reject. Let's just talk about his love. Let's talk about all these other things. But he's saying, listen, this fear of the Lord will actually bring abundance to your life. In fact, for, for Joshua, as we began, Deuteronomy 4.10 says, Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, And when the Lord said to me, assemble the people to me, that I may let them hear my words so that they may learn to fear me in all the days they live on the earth and that they may teach their children. So he's saying here that fear is actually something that we can learn. It isn't something that just comes natural. It's something that we learn as we walk in this place with God. Fear is learned by close relationship. It It is learned by obedience. It is learned by encounters with God. The fear of the Lord is a good thing. It is a thing that we need to embrace. See, it's, it's this fear of the Lord, the Bible says in, in Proverbs 19.23. It says, fear of the Lord actually leads to life. And, and those who have it rest satisfied. See, for too many years, we felt like the fear of the Lord was a bad thing. And we didn't realize this is the very thing that would lead us to life. Without the fear of the Lord, you're not going to understand why why you should follow Jesus. Without a proper understanding of the fear of the Lord, we wouldn't understand the power that's available to us through the Holy Spirit. God wants you to fear Him because that's going to lead you to a life that you've never had. And it's a better life. It's a secure life. It's a life that we were created for. This morning as I close, I know right now some of you are probably, it's, it just goes, it grinds against you because you're like, you know what? We've been taught all these things in church all these years. Love, it's all these other, love this, it's, it, it's the love of God. It's all these, but you know, the reality is, is it's in this place of fearing the Lord that He brings life to us. He brings His abundance. It opens up the storehouse. It is the key that unlocks that treasure, the armory of God. It is that place where we fear the Lord, where He hears our prayers as we walk in obedience to Him. I know some go, man, Greg, you continue to beat this wagon, devouring the Word of God, radical obedience, persistent prayer, diligently seeking. I want to offer you this morning that it is in these places right here. In fact, I was telling some of the guys this week, I said, man, I don't want it to sound like a a formula. And one of them says, it is. It is a formula. It is a place that keeps us abiding in Christ. As we devour His Word, as we diligently seek Him, as we radically are obedient to Him, and as we diligently seek Him, I will tell you this, He is the rewarder. Guys, listen this morning. He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Everything you need is found in Him, not in this life. Seek Him with all your heart. Fear Him this morning. There may be... I remember one of the men in the leadership, we were talking one day, and he talked about a dream he had about this this fear of the Lord that had come upon him. 
And he said, I felt as though I was undone. I felt like I've been there. I felt that exposure. I remember years ago, I remember just feeling like, Lord, cover me. If you haven't had that experience, then you know what? We need to ask God, listen, let me understand what it means to fear you. Because fearing God keeps us from sin. It won't allow us to sin casually. It won't allow us just to go through the motions. It won't allow us to disrespect God. It will place honor upon God. And in that place of fearing the Lord, there are benefits. There are fruit that He wants to give us.